Welcome to the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. Today, I'm really happy to say that we are continuing with the Shopkeeper Stories series. And like I mentioned in the past two episodes, I'm interviewing members from the Shopkeepers Lab. So it's quite different than when I interviewed members of Master Shopkeepers. Those are all brick and mortar store owners. And in the Shopkeepers Lab, it's a variety of shopkeepers. It's not just brick and mortar store owners. So I wanted to focus this series on all of the shopkeepers who make their own goods, sell them. And I think everyone that I'm interviewing in this series also sells wholesale, which makes this series a little special, especially for all the brick and mortar store owners listening. And they want to learn about new makers and new products that they can sell in their stores. So today I'm really excited. It's almost like a special episode because I have my BFF, Katie O'Neill, We met 33 years ago in high school. I know it was 33 years ago, right? No, we're not that old. (laughs) (laughs) We met freshman year in high school in homeroom. I was probably 13 or 14. You were 14 or 15. Anyhow, we just totally aged ourselves. But I joked with her before I pressed record and I said, who would have thought 30 some years later, we would be here and I would be interviewing you on a podcast. It's weird. But I brought Katie on and I specifically asked her to come on because similar to Brittany's journey, I've seen Katie take somewhat of a hobby or something that interested her. And I've seen her take it and run with it and create create a successful business out of it. And she does work full time. So before I say anything else, let me just introduce Katie, Katie O'Neill. And Katie, why don't you tell us a little bit about your shopkeeping journey, but first tell us exactly what it is that you do. So what I do is I make etched glassware. So um, stemless wine glass, I'll put, you know, various different sayings on them. I'm from Cleveland, so I'm really big into local landmarks, things like that, stuff that's really Cleveland. I etch them, sandblasted, so it's permanent. And then I um, also have kind of expanded out to doing tumblers and stuff. I have a laser now, so I do some of both. So I do glassware, lanterns, um, posters, different kinds of things, frames, things like that. And then I also have tumblers, wine tumblers, and your coffee tumblers and stuff like that. So I should add that we sell Katie's etched glass, some glassware and the tumblers in my own store and they sell really well, but we're going to get to that. So how, and I don't even know if I know all of the details, but how did rough around the etches even start? So as you said, I have a full-time job. So I'm an HR manager at a manufacturing company. And we're family-owned business, fourth generation, and we were having our 100th centennial party, really big deal. And so I was planning the party and we wanted to give a gift that was kind of commemorative, but still things, something that people would actually use. And the marketing manager found this kind of a cool glass. I think you're looking at like maybe a mason jar glass and it had like a pewter emblem on it where you put your logo. And so I was showing my boss and I scrolled to the website to show him this particular item that we liked. And he saw a rocks glass with this Cleveland and with it, it was actually a Pittsburgh skyline. 
And he said, oh, can we do those? But obviously with the Cleveland skyline. And I said, okay, well, let me reach out to the, these people that we talked about, these other glasses. And I had sent them a message. They kind of took a little bit longer than I would have expected to get back to me. So I was looking on Etsy and I found someone also on Etsy and sent her a message. was still waiting. And I thought, let me just... I, I'm very impatient and I like instant gratification. So I said, let me look online and see what it would take to, to etch a, like a glass. And so I bought a Cricut. I got my little stencils going and I learned how to do it. And so I took my little prototype to my boss and it was like Plymouth Skyline and it had our company name on it, just like he wanted. And he's like, wow, you know, this is great. He goes, but do you really have time to make 166 of these. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, of course, because I want to do it and I can do it. Well, in the meantime, these, the girl from Etsy got back to me and I came to my senses. <laughs> my husband said, I'll support you, but I know you'll be up to four in the morning, the night before the party. So I ordered them and I thought, oh, well, I know how to do this now. So I made centerpieces for the party, which was very fun. And then I don't know what made me do it. I bought a Oh, I had a couple extra rocks glasses because I had bought these rocks glasses to try. And I put like, it was the state of Ohio and like a Celtic knot, a Trinity knot, which is an Irish knot. And I put a picture on my Facebook. Hey, like, look what I made kind of a thing. And someone instantly was like, I don't know, maybe November, probably November, early November. Hey, those are great. Can I order some for Christmas? And that is literally how it started because all these other people started asking me, can, I, can you make some for me for Christmas gift? And Kathy Cruz sent me a message like, let's go, we're gonna do this. I have, I want you to make some glasses for my shop. And I'm thinking, is she crazy? Is this for real? And I remember we went to Joe's Deli. We, we, we love to go to Joe's Deli together. And you were like, okay, well, this is what you have to do. And tell me how much, you know, like she's helping me figure all this out. And I was thinking, is this for real? She's treating me very serious. Like, like I'm a legitimate business. And I'm thinking, that's so nice, Cabby. You're so sweet. <laughs> you like that with me. But that is literally how it happened. It was a total accident. And I love it. I love it. A lot of what I do is custom work, which really makes me happy because I love to see people's faces when they get their glasses. And I'm super, super OCD and I'll see, you know, little things that I feel are imperfections and that most people won't notice because they're so excited that their design or their ideas come to life. And it's, it's a special gift. And everybody loves something with their name on it or, or something that's more meaningful than just maybe something that you would just get. Right. So let's go back. Let's go back a bit. So you said it was November, November of what year? 2018. So it's been two and a half years then, right? Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because I do remember the story from the company that you work for. I remember all that. I actually forgot. And I actually forgot about sitting in the restaurant with you and having that conversation. <laughs> and actually the, 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 glasses this girl made she kept pushing us off and pushing us off and they like a small group of them arrived the day before the party and I'm like sweating like this is a big deal for us and I said they're finally here and I gave it to my boss and said you open it up and he opens it up he goes the F's missing in manufacturing and I literally started bawling he goes don't be upset because I know you wanted to do this I know you wanted to do this but it was awful but yeah well, it's just so interesting how it went from that. You were you were thinking, I'm going to help the company that I work for make this happen. 
And then you still ended up doing it yourself. Like, was there anything about etching glass that you like, did it, did that attract you at all before this came up? Like, did you ever consider doing anything like that? I would say I've always tried to be crafty, but I'm not, I'm not very good at it. I guess I would say maybe I'm sloppy, not sloppy, but messy. So like, if I try to make something, it's not as refined and pretty and you know, this is the kind of dork I am. I made Christmas ornaments one year for all the employees and I painted an E on it. Now probably should have used a stencil because it probably would have looked better, but I always wanted to do that kind of stuff. And I'm, I like doing that kind of like special things, but etching glass never even crossed my radar, never even crossed my radar. Just an accident. I stumbled right into it and I really enjoy it. So now where do you sell direct to consumer? Is that mostly through Etsy and your website? Etsy and my website. And then I'll do like market events or I also did the holiday pop-up, a holiday pop-up shop in Lakewood. And most of it, a lot of my business is referrals. So people will call me and say, so-and-so give me your name and I'm looking for some custom items. I would run that through my website, but yes, the website Etsy, I don't do as much as Etsy. I'm trying to keep it on my website more so than not, but market events and my website. Yeah, no, for sure. Your website makes sense. That's where you're going to make the most money. Yeah, no, I would, I would tell everyone that when, when someone says, oh, but I'll get more traffic on Etsy. I think having them both or being in several places is great, especially when you're first starting for the exposure. And then as you really start to grow, you slowly push everyone to your website. So the next question I have for you is what percentage of your orders when you're selling directly to, to your customers, not wholesale customers, but what, what percentage of those are pre-made etched glassware that you make versus the custom? I would say probably 75% is custom. Wow. Okay. That was more than I thought. I, for some reason, I thought you were going to say 50, 50, but I guess, I guess I kind of knew that. And it, it makes sense. It's probably what's so appealing. Like they get exactly what they want from you. And what did you learn? I know a little bit about this, but what did you learn along the way about setting up a system to do custom work? Cause it's so different than just creating or batching 50 of the same glasses and selling them at markets or putting them on your website versus doing the custom work. Like if you, if somebody's listening and they, they are interested in doing some type of custom work, it doesn't even have to be etched glassware. What are the five things or what are, what's a short list of things that they need to think about before they start doing custom work? Well, so sometimes people want things that really aren't possible. So that's definitely something you kind of have to have in your mind some boundaries where you understand where, when it's not worth it. And it's not that, that it's not worth it, but a lot of times if people have custom or they have a larger order, they immediately think, okay, well, I want some sort of a discount. Um, so you, you just kind of have to think about what's entailed, how much work is going to be involved and is it worth your time? And obviously you need to focus also on what other jobs you have. Time management is really, really important. Not my strong suit, but um, working on that. So time management, what, what makes sense? You know, is there something that someone would want you to put on a glass that you're not comfortable with or making something that you're not comfortable with, but also, you know, how to track all those things. Because oftentimes I'll send multiple images, you know, with fonts and I'll say, I like the bottom one. And I go, okay, here's what I see as the bottom. Cause sometimes it might be in a reverse order. So just making sure and triple checking 
that you're doing exactly what they want. That yeah, that makes sense. Or even probably for you, this doesn't apply to everyone who makes their own products, but for you, design, even design wise, like I've asked, I recently asked you to do something, or at least when you were doing more of the weeding, you don't, you're using different equipment now, which I want to talk about too. But when you were doing the actual weeding of the vinyl, if it was a really intricate design, is it really worth your time to sit there and weed all of that out? And that leads to my equipment question, because I'll never forget this was probably a year ago. I think you posted a picture. It was a piece of equipment that got delivered to you because over time I've seen you up level or upgrade your equipment. You would take money from the business and reinvest it because you knew it was going to save you time and, or it was going to create a better product. So it was worth it for you to keep investing in this better equipment. And I remember the one day you posted a picture and it was this piece of equipment. It looked like it came from NASA. Like it, it like doesn't even have, doesn't it have gloves or something that you insert your hands into? It looked crazy. It's a sand blaster. (laughs) And I had one already, but it was a much smaller version. So it's cut my time down tremendously. And yes, it does kind of look like it's from NASA. So that's my next question is obviously, or I shouldn't answer it for you. I should ask you, have those investments in the better equipment been worth it for you? Absolutely. 1000%. Especially, you know, I do have a full-time job and I do have a family. And, you know, that that first Christmas when I had all those orders and I was using like armor etching cream, which takes a long time. And my son would be like, are you going to have dinner with us? Or are you almost done with that? So it makes a huge, huge difference. And, and obviously it makes a huge difference in the quality. And I'm super anal about quality and probably too OCD about it sometimes. But if I showed you my first glass, And my most recent class, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the question, do you value money? And that's, you know, that might be the business owner who says, I'm not going to reinvest and I'm not going to, I'm not going to spend this money that I have, or do you value time? And in your case, it was like, I value time. I value my time with my family and I have to pick up the pace and I'm going to reinvest. And I'm sure people have listened to me on the podcast say, keep some for yourself and reinvest some. And I think that's a nice balance. So do, you know, that's a question for you too, is do you pay yourself out of the business? I do pay myself out of the business. Yes, I would say I do. Probably um, you'd scold me because I probably need to be better at my numbers, but you know, most of what I make, I reinvest, but yeah, I pay myself. I, the one thing I, you say, I'll scold you. I would not (laughs) scold you. Or maybe we'd, maybe, (laughs) maybe we'd have a talk about it. Everyone's really hearing like the, the BFF dynamic going on here, but I have seen you maybe not in, in a consistent draw to yourself, maybe not in the form of a paycheck, but I've seen you reap in the, in your family, shout out to Scott and Scotty, by the way, (laughs) I adore both of them and they're so supportive of you, but you have reaped the benefits of this business because you haven't, you paid for some vacations or done some things for the family that maybe you could not have done before. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've had a couple, a couple of trips. It was nice to be able to have that Yeah, little, little cushion. So yes. See, I'm not scolding you for that. This pan you'll, you'll just scold me later. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I, so know, let's, I know. 
<laughs> let's shift over to, yeah. So when everyone thinks like, man, Kathy's got some tough love going on now, you really hear it <laughs> with Kathy. <laughs> I actually want to shift over to wholesale because that's a whole different ball game. And I have a few questions around that, especially for the makers who are listening. Like, how did you know it was going to be worth speaking of valuing time, how did you know it was going to be worth your time to be able to offer wholesale and still make money? Was there anything during that decision process or anything that helped you make that decision? Well, one decision from day one, you told me I need to be doing it. (laughs) But also, honestly, 2020, COVID, all the shows. And last year I spent more than I had done. Like the the summer before was my first summer and I did some little small markets. But for 2020, I I said, I'm going to spend more on larger events, see how that works out. And they were all canceled. That was a big part of my business for the market event. Like, you know, and if I offer wholesale, that's a guaranteed sale for me. No, I'm not making as much, but if I can sign in a shop then I'm still stuck with it at the end or this it's guaranteed sale, it's done. It's over. I've still made money, not as much obviously, but kind of COVID pushed that. And I really like it. Because it's when, you know, when I'm done with it, it's, it's done. It's the shop owner's responsibility to sell it or not, not mine. Right. It's, it's, it's a, it's an actual transaction. It is final payment is accepted. Product is handed over and you move on. How many wholesale orders did you take in 2020? Um, not a whole lot. Do you count as one or multiple? So you've, you've had, I've had a couple orders with you and I would say 21 too. I'm just looking at all together. There's a couple of lab members that have purchased some wholesale orders. So under 10, I mean, it's not a lot, but the quantity is large. And so, do you still feel good about doing wholesale or do you think wholesale is something that you would eliminate? No, I would absolutely continue that. There's it's, that's a no brainer. Okay. And then you are back in the market scene too. I remember a time I feel maybe it was early last year. And then of course COVID hit, but even this year, once restrictions started to lift, you were back on it all of a sudden in your feed. For those of you, um, the name is rough around the etches etches, which is really (laughs) (laughs) E-T-C-H-E-S. Follow on Facebook and Instagram and the post just started coming up one after another about another event, another event, another event. And that takes a lot of work, but it's also a really good way to get your name out there. How are you feeling now going into the market season or in now that you're kind of in the, probably in the middle of market season, how is that going for you? I will say one thing that I, that I'm excited about cheer for me. I applied for the summer market, I guess it was two years ago and I didn't get in. But I kept trying and I got in this year. So to me, I feel like it shows me how far I've come. And so I'm really excited about that. And the ones I've done so far were reschedules from last year. So they've been extremely, extremely prop. Like I've done really well and it makes me excited. And at the markets, I'll get a lot of custom orders too. People will place orders at the market. And so- for the... For those listening, because it's not just a local podcast, like people listen worldwide, the summer market is a very big deal in terms of 
outdoor market events here in Northeast Ohio. It's curated. It's so well done. The woman who runs it um, has a big heart. There's a big charity aspect to it. And for those of us who apply to get into the summer market, because my sister and I applied years ago and we didn't get in the first year or two that we applied. And it was the same the year that we did get in, we were ecstatic and you kind of have to work at it. Your images, when you submit your images, they, they jury those, there's a certain aesthetic. They want to know that you have, you know, you don't have to have a huge following, but that you um, you're established enough to participate in the event. And it's a big deal when you get in. So I just wanted to mention that in case people are wondering what's the summer market, you can follow them on Instagram too. That's coming up next weekend. Next weekend. And you are like uh, summer market, you're going to need to step up your game girl. <laughs> so I am working on it. I'm stepping it up. I'm excited. I love how you're telling all the listeners the truth. You're not holding back. <laughs> Do you expect anything else? <laughs> That's why I'm so, rough around the edges because I'm kind of rough around the edges. <laughs> so perfect. So where do you see rough around the edges going over? You know, where, where do you see it in the next few years? Big sigh. Um, it's really funny because, you know, I've had some personal things going on. Lost my dad. It makes you think about uh, what's important and putting things into perspective and never in a million years would I have ever thought that this could be what it really is. I had someone tell me, refer to my glasses as my stupid glasses. And I thought, oh no, you're not going to tell me it's stupid because I, I love it and I'm making money. I'm good at it. So where do I see myself in five years? Do I dare say it? I would love, 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 hope my boss isn't listening. I would love to be this to be my full-time gig. I don't know if you're surprised that I'm saying that, but I talked to someone who had a 30 year career and he said, you know what? You'd be ama- amazed how much time you have to spend on your business when you don't have your full-time job. Cause I thought, well, that's a lot of income to replace. But as the time has gone on, I feel that I would be able to do that at some point. That's incredible. There you go, Kathy. <laughs> that's incredible. Oh, I hope I didn't just jinx myself. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's good. You know, it's different for all of us. You you know, I've asked in in the shopkeeper story series so far, I've asked it's different for everyone in the, and the thing I always say is like, you do you, you do what makes you happy. If you want it to be a part-time career that you run out of your home. Okay. If you want it to be a full-time career that you run out of a brick and mortar store. Okay. If you want it to be a blend of things, it's okay. Just make yourself happy. And I can't agree. I've, I've seen the challenges you've had over the past few years, and we're not going to cry on this episode. So I'm happy to see where you've taken this. And I'm, I'm even happier to see how happy it makes you. So Thanks. can you tell everyone Where can they buy from you if they want to order glasses directly? Just, you know, to consumer. Let's talk about that first. Where can they buy from you? So my website is rougharoundtheetches.com. That would be where you could purchase from me direct. If someone want to custom, they can just shoot me an email and I kind of start the process from there. You know, I've had some customers, it's all email, some it's all phone. So it really just depends on what the customer is comfortable with. That would be my preferred method, but 
be rough around the edges.com. Yeah, for sure. Good for you. Well done. And the, and the question I didn't ask you is you joined the shopkeepers lab and you actually even bought a ticket to attend the retreat. And you would think as BFFs, they, you know, you never came to me and said, I want a free ticket or I'm going to do this. If anything, you, you would even go out of your way if we had conversations and you would say, I'm paying you for your time. And of course I would yes. say no, as my 30 plus year BFF, no. Um, but what have you learned from the lab or the academy or just from being, listening to podcasts, whatever it is, is there anything that you've taken out of it that's been helpful other than our one-on-one conversations? <laughs> So first, when you mentioned the retreat, I wavered back and forth because I don't typically like to spend money on myself and it was an investment and my husband just, he encouraged me and I thought, you know what, why, why wouldn't I do this? If, if it was my, I'm in HR, my full-time career and there was a, you know, a really great training, I would sign up for it. No questions asked. So that one realizing that it's important enough and I'm worth enough to, you know, spend that kind of money on myself because it'll only improve. Another thing that I've learned is my business is not stupid. (laughs) It's a real business. It's not just a hobby. And it's always really nice to have a community to go to if you have really stupid questions or really, you know, where you can just get honest feedback from people who've done it before or might be in the same boat as you. And I'm so excited about the retreat because I can't wait to meet people in person. You know, I've always been outgoing most of my life, but as the older I get, I'm kind of like curling in when I should be curling out, if that makes any sense. I know you probably think that's crazy, but I'm looking forward to establishing closer relationships with people in the lab because I've had a Two of the people that I, that ordered wholesale for me, they're both going to be there and I can't wait to meet them in person. So I love everything that you said about feeling empowered by your business and the goals that you have and the connection is so important. And I think, you know, we've all missed that over the past year or two. And I still need you to be the extrovert because I'm the total introvert. (laughs) I better have some cocktails then. Oh, we'll have that for sure at the retreat. So for the brick and mortar store owners who are interested in your glassware and buying wholesale, where can they do that? Or how can they do that? So I sell on Tundra if you want some sort of standard, the standard products that I sell. But if you're looking for something custom, you just shoot me an email to info at rougharoundtheetches.com. And we'll go from there. I can send you, you know, my line sheet that'll have some information because I do a lot of locally inspired glassware. We'll custom that to any city, state, wherever you live. Yeah. I mean, I've even sent you a design for the city that we're in because the residents, the city that we're in Lakewood, Ohio, they're so loyal and they even they've lived there a long time, or even if they move away and they come back, they still want something to remember the city by. Mm -hmm. And I've sent that to you and all of your local stuff does really well in our store. And I think you said I've ordered from you just like two or three times, but I really think I've ordered from you at least five or six. Yeah. No, I meant two or three times this year. You're, you're my best wholesale customer. Well, and the, and the interesting thing is, I think it's a testament to your products and 
I'm not just saying that because you're my best friend, but it's because everyone just loves what you do. And we don't reorder very often. We're always bringing in new merchandise. You're one of the very few vendors that we order from on a consistent basis. And that speaks volumes to the quality of your work and how popular it is and how much people love it. So I just want to say that. And I'm sure people are like, yeah, yeah, it's her best friend, but I couldn't be more honest about it. I appreciate all the support you've given me and really encouraging me because it's, it's made a huge difference. It's, it's been very helpful. And I don't think I would be where I am right now Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for you. So I love, I've loved watching it all. And again, rougharoundtheetches.com or rougharoundtheetches on Instagram, on Facebook, even her email info at rougharoundtheetches.com. I love the consistency. (laughs) A lot of letters, but that's okay. Katie, I love you. Love you dearly. Thank you for doing this. And if you could see we're you know, we're on zoom right now. If you could see us before we hit record, I think we were on for 30 minutes. <laughs> it's like classic Kathy Katie before I even press record, but thank you. You know how thank much I you. love you. I love, I love your you. family. Thank you for being here. And thank you for sharing your story. I know you'll inspire other people. Thank you so much.